You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Age of Radio. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is another Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. And as always, joining me, my brother, Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How you doing, brother? Uh, happy good. Valentine's Day, man. Happy Valentine's Day to you, and happy Valentine's Day to you, our listeners. Sorry we could not do the wrestling one last night. We had a little bit of a, a personal stuff happen, so we had to take care of that, and then we're uh, back on it tonight. So, wrestling talk got moved to Sunday. Basketball, baseball talks moved tomorrow night on Monday, and then, of course, we get back on track with NFL slash NASCAR talk on Tuesday. On Tuesday, yes. So, brother, are you ready to talk wrestling? Let's talk some wrestling, brother. My favorite part of the week. Let's do this. All right, sir. So, first up, we have Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I still suck at the McMahon impression. <laughs> at least you won't fire me for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. Oh, Jerk. All right. <laughs> Anyways, first up, we had Shane McMahon returning for a blockbuster Elimination Chamber announcement. That's right, making a surprise return to Raw and joined by WWE official Adam Pearce to announce that Drew McIntyre will defend the WWE Championship inside the Elimination Chamber against former WWE champions Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, The Miz, and Sheamus. As Shane... Uh, exited Styles emerged to compliment Pierce on the idea of the chamber match and to make this statement that or McIntyre's chances of losing the WWE title before WrestleMania will be phenomenal. It is true. I mean, it's kind of crazy. He's got to fa- he's got to defend his title against four former WWE champions. Mm-hmm. This is just some craziness, brother. And uh, actually, it's five former. Five former. So mm-hmm. he uh, he took the he took the uh, message well. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, McIntyre is a fighting champion. I think he'll be good to go, and uh, I think we'll see McIntyre at uh, WrestleMania this year. I think he'll pull it off. Absolutely, man. I still think he'll still be champion come WrestleMania. Me too. But I think it's gonna be a good match. All right. Alright, so, first up on the match card, though, was AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy. Former WWE champions and fierce opponents, AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy squared off ahead of the Elimination Chamber sundown, sundown, showdown, there we go, in two weeks. 
early in the high stakes matchup. The charismatic Enigma injured his left knee, a misfortune that the phenomenal one was happy to exploit. Hardy fought back with of tremendous re- yeah, right, resilience and hit a twist of fate. When he climbed to the top rope to follow up with a swanton bomb, however, his injury caused him to take too much time. As a result, he missed his mark and opened the door for Styles to lock in his second calf crusher of the night and make his extreme opponent tap out. Koopa, your thoughts? That is crazy, man. Uh, I didn't think, you know, Jeff Hardy would tap out to AJ Styles and calf crusher. Um, as far as the calf crusher goes, I think it's one of the easiest submissions to get out of. Because right. I've seen people just take AJ's head and smash it against the freaking, you know, mat. So. Yeah, but you are talking about po- opponents who are more tall, taller that, than that, AJ. That is true. So they have a better reach yeah, to do so. it. But where Jeff and AJ are relatively the same height. Yeah. So it makes and it a little And not only easier. that, but Jeff's been dealing with this nagging knee injury for the past, you know, couple months. So, you know, it, it, it's to be expected. It sucks. Um... Yeah, so it is what it is with this one, bro. All right. All right, so next up, we have the New Day taking on Retribution's T-Bar and Slapjack. Joining uh, Raw commentary as his Retribution mine, uh, minions, T-Bar and Slapjack, took on the New Day. A very angry Mustafa Ali explained his con- contempt for Kofi Kingston, uh, WWE, and all the superstars who had kept him and his vicious cohorts from eating. With the power of positivity united, though, Kingston and Woods overcame the brutality of retribution and hit Daybreak for the victory. Koopa, your thoughts? Yeah, it's good to see Kobe Kingston back. It's good to see, you know, Xavier Woods not totally getting beat on through the whole match. Um, So it's nice to see that combination back. Right. It is nice. I've missed Kofi. Uh, I'm glad his jaw's doing a lot better. (laughs) Definitely. So that way he can uh, participate in wrestling some more. Um, also, I did want to point out, I forgot to mention this beforehand, all information is coming from WWE.com when it comes to Raw and SmackDown tonight. And, of course, AEW will be brought to you by AllEliteWrestling.com. So I thought to forgot to put that out there, so I put it out there now. Ah! Next up, Lacey Evans taking on Charlotte Flair. Prior to a face-to-face between Flair and Evans, the two-time... WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair acknowledged his daughter's greatness, but he said he still refused to take orders from someone by staying home. Instead, he explained that he had a casual relationship with the sassy, uh, sassy Southern Belle. Got myself a little tongue-tied. Say that five times fast, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> with the goal of helping her defeat Raw Women's Champion Asuka. Sentiments that Lacey was more than happy to support. The emerging Flair, uh, Rick, uh, Charlotte Flair told Lacey to shut her mouth and insists that she was trying to protect Flair legacy, let, protect Flair's legacy rather than, uh, that's does that really say slut her father out? Oh, shut her father out! Wow, I need glasses. Wow. Anyways, <laughs> woo, oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, she rejected. Especially with the storyline. I mean, you know. All right. Uh, she rejected <laughs> Rick and Lacey's tag team offer outright and made it clear Charlotte 2.0 that she has already got a tag partner in Asuka. She also said she didn't care who her dad uh, trained as long as they didn't bring her down with them. Uh, let's see. In return, Lacey shared her feeling that she would beat or that she could beat Charlotte. Uh, WWE officials were sure to make her the next in line for Raw Women's Tag or Title Match. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having struggles reading. 
stupid glasses. Now I can't see. All right. After suggesting they have a match right there and then, Charlotte turned her attention to her father. As she did, Lacey clocked the queen with a cheap shot and hurled her into the steel steps to injure her shoulder. In a subsequent match between the two superstars, the Nature Boy and Lacey antagonized Charlotte as Evans targeted an injured shoulder whenever possible. Then when Lacey attempted to apply her trade, oh, uh, apply the trademark flare figure for leg lock, a humiliated Charlotte snapped and unleashed an onslaught on her opponent, pushing in the referee and getting herself disqualified. Cooper, your thoughts on this whole debacle that I just um, talked yeah, about? Yeah, man. Tensions are high with, the, with everything going on with this. Um, I can kind of see where Charlotte Flair is a little frustrated. I can see where Ric Flair is kind of frustrated, too. He's a man, and, you know, you mm-hmm. sometimes don't know when to hang it up and call quits. And I mean, I love Ric Flair, don't get me wrong, but, you know, right. it's his daughter's time. So Absolutely. But it's cool to see It's cool to see him back. I'm sorry, but I love Ric Flair. I can't really be all... Oh, well, you know, Stan, no. I, I love Ric Flair. Anytime you get to see the, the Nature Boy is, is great. So, right. I mean, it's just an odd little little exchange with him and Lacey Evans. And, and, and you know, it maybe it brings more relevance to her. So, I mean, if, if it works, cool. And and uh, I think it makes for good TV when those two are beating on each other because they're both very talented. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, next up, Edge said he wouldn't make his WrestleMania decision until after the Elimination Chamber, and Edge shuts down the Miz. So after winning the 2021 Royal Rumble match, Edge spent the last week traveling to Raw and NXT and SmackDown as he contemplated which world champion he would face at WrestleMania. With the announcement that WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match, the rated R superstar informed the WWE Universe that he won't make his decision on which world champion he will face at WrestleMania until after the WWE title is decided. He was soon interrupted by The Miz alongside John Morrison and uh, Angel Garza, who proclaimed that Edge is delaying the inevitable because no matter who he faces at WrestleMania, all that will matter at the show of shows is that Mr. Money in the Bank will walk out with the WWE world title. Uh, in response, Edge verbally took the A-lister apart in a tense fashion, explaining that he was playing on a different level of high-stakes poker while Miz was playing Old Maid. He made the distinction the A-lister talked of being champion while he needs to be the champion. Cooper, your thoughts on Edge and his oh, looming decision. The fire in his eyes when he said that, dude. He shut the Miz down. Shut him up. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get that that dude to shut up. So anybody that can do that, my hat's off to him. And, uh, you know, I, I, do, I do see where he's coming from about waiting to see what goes on at the Elimination Chamber, because we really don't know what's going to happen. So right. the ultimate opportunist is playing the mind games. Let him do it. That's right. So it's a very he's one, he's one of the best at it. So Yeah, he's one of the all-time heels. That's why I said that. And he's right. He's playing the high-stakes poker while Miz is playing Old Maid when it comes to being the heel of WWE. Mm-hmm. I still think Edge is probably the top heel ever to... Oh, yeah, definitely. To ever grace WWE ring beside yes. maybe besides Triple H. Yeah, and probably Ric Flair. Yeah, and maybe Chris Jericho. Yeah. You know, there's only like a handful of guys that were really that great at being heels and... I mean, yeah. what's awesome about the handful of guys we're talking about, they could either go 
face or heel, and we, we you can either love them or hate them. It's just, right. it's just that's how awesome they are. And I, I kind of like how they're doing that with Roman Reigns right now. It's mm-hmm. hoping. Just saying. Right. All right, man, so we're going to move on. Damian Priest taking on Angel Garza. After emerging victorious in his Raw debut last week against The Miz, Damian Priest took on Angel Garza with a resourceful Bad Bunny once again in his corner and the dirt sheet uh, pair supporting his opposition. Throughout the match, Miz and Morrison caused constant distractions and interference just out of the official's view. That all changed thanks to the efforts of Bad Bunny. In a genius move, the uh, international sensation suddenly grabbed away the Money in the Bank briefcase from the distraught Miz and Morrison and tossed it into the ring. When Morrison climbed in and retrieved it, the referee caught sight of his presence and opted to send Miz and Morrison away. An outraged Garza turned his attention to Bad Bunny and ended up paying for uh, paying for his loss of focus with a devastating reckoning. Koopa, your thoughts? Yeah, man. Damian Priest, uh, he's, he's badass, dude. Uh, I, I like the little showdown between him and it. Was it him and Kane? He yeah. had a little bit of a showdown, and Kane actually got him over the over the uh, over the top rope. But hey, who who better to be thrown over by right. than another big guy? You right. know what I mean, so I mean, it's cool to see Damian Priest on the main roster. I've always thought he was a great talent. Um, I like I say, I don't really watch NXT too much, but I you know there's certain guys that stick out to you, and he he definitely stuck out to me. On a couple of takeovers and things like that. So, yeah, he's, he's cool. I, I'm, I'm enjoying another big man being in the WWE. Right. It's nice. Yeah, it is. All right, next up we have Keith Lee taking on Riddle. In recent weeks, Riddle uh, proved he will stop at nothing for an opportunity to be the new United States champion after being rendered unconscious by three full Nelsons from vicious Bobby Lashley last week. Riddle is uh, still ready for more nevertheless. Keith Lee also was convinced he could take Lashley and was willing to go through the ultimate bro to get there in a one-on-one showdown. Uh, with MVP scouting the competition, uh, despite the relenting, unrelenting resilience and amazing athletic prowess of Riddle, Lee uh, reigned supreme in a hard-fought matchup with a spirit bomb. After the bell, though, Lashley emerged and showed absolute dominance with unrelenting assault on both competitors. After once again punishing the ultimate bro with a full Nelson, the chief, of, uh, the chief of Hurt Officer, wow, the Chief Hurt Officer, there we go, hurled Lee into the uh, uh, snow ring post and mauled him with the ring steps. Koopa, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, man, this was a brutal attack by Bobby Lashley. Um, I, as far as Keith Lee, knowing they didn't come in and take that spot and come in and take that title, mm-hmm. how much does Bobby Lashley believe that? Not much after that. No, I'm saying he must believe that because he came in and threw his weight around. The reason why he did is because he's afraid of what that man might actually do. Really? So, Taking out think, both combatants, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, but he blindsided Keith Lee from the beginning. Hmm. So it is what it is. I think that if... if there wasn't so many distractions with MVP and everybody at the, you know... At the ring, and it wasn't right after a grueling match. Yeah, he's not gonna get he's not gonna get Keith Lee like that. I think those two are gonna be like two running bulls going at it. It's gonna be nice. Yeah, it'll make for an interesting. Hopefully, they'll take on each other at uh, the Elimination Chamber and make yeah. it a real good pay per view with that. Well, uh, we just heard news on on Raw too that it's gonna be 
a uh, triple threat. Uh, Riddle and Keith Lee for the uh, United States. And then versus States. Bobby Lynn. Okay. Yep. Right. That's going to be an, that's going to be a fun triple threat match then. Yeah. All right, man. Next up we have Lana taking on Nia Jax in a tables match. After an injury caused her to lose her opportunity to compete for the WWE Women's Tag Titles back at WWE TLC, Lana and the re-emerging Naomi join forces in pursuit of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler's titles. After the hopeful tandem scored a victory in a triple threat tag team match to win a future opportunity at the gold last week, uh, Lana stepped into a tables match against the woman who drove her through the announce table nine times. Although Lana was quite simply uh, tortured throughout the contest, the irresistible force made a critical mistake of turning her back on her opponent when she was outside the ring. Lana quickly capitalized by charging at her foe and sending her through into the table for a win. Uh, in the aftermath, though, Blazer set her sights on the vic- uh, victorious Lana only to have her efforts thwarted by Naomi. Koopa, your thoughts? Yeah, man. Uh, all I keep thinking about is that that little highlight on TikTok. Oh Lord, yes. Oh man, it made me laugh so hard. And on my personal page, I actually watched it, and I got like over fifty something likes and over almost eighteen hundred views on this particular reaction because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I mean. She said something about her butthole on TV. <laughs> She's like, oh, my butthole or something. Uh, and I just busted up laughing. And then, then when I watched the, the the thing WWE did for the highlight on it, woo, it looked like a damn dinosaur. Going, oh. I was just like, oh, my gosh, dude. I was laughing so hard at it. You know what we need to do? We need to start doing reactions like that on Cooper Big Man TikTok. I think that would be hilarious. Yeah. And uh, just start sharing stuff like that. I think it would be funny as hell. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I'm glad Lana actually got away with the win on this one. Um, it, right. It's kind of nice to see her get some retribution on it and, uh, you know, get the W. And it was it was quite funny watching uh, Nia Jax <laughs> hurt her butthole. <laughs> so. Alright man, next up Naomi taking on Shayna Baszler With a return last week and her new tag team partner Lana Naomi found herself in an impromptu match Against the ruthless Shayna Baszler When Baszler made the mistake of turning her attention to Lana Outside the ring, Naomi took advantage and hooked her opponent Into a small package for a three count Cooper, your thoughts on the quick match Yeah, this match was real quick Almost like you look away and it's over So I mean it was it's quite hilarious because, as usual, Shayna Baszler is angry and butthurt. Butthurt. Wow. So, you know. Not as butthurt as Nia Jax is. Not as butthurt <laughs> as Nia Jax, but, you know, still oh, a little butthurt. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, man. Of course, we get to the main event of Monday Night Raw. Oh, yes. This match was great. So, we had Drew McIntyre taking on the Viper, Randy Orton. In the wake of the announcement that the WWE Champion Drew McIntyre will defend his title against five other superstars inside Elimination Chamber, McIntyre rekindled his long-standing rivalry in the Raw main event against Randy Orton, one of the superstars who will face him inside the dreaded structure. Five former world champions. Five, dude. Five. That's just tingly all over. I can't wait for next Sunday. Woo! It's going to be fun. All right. 
Anyways, <laughs> they got excited too much. All right. The battle lived up to the hype. Although Sheamus emerged to distract his former friend mid-match, that still couldn't take away from the classic nature of the contest between the absolute between two absolute warriors. There we go. Then in the final moment, Sheamus attempted to seize his own moment, entering into the ring to try to hit a broke, broke kick on McIntyre for the second week in a row. Excuse me. Instead, he caught the Viper and paved way for Drew McIntyre to get some payback on the Celtic Warrior with a Claymore kick. Although the match ended without a clear winner, McIntyre stood tall en route to WWE Elimination Chamber. Yeah, man. It was a good match all the way around. Um, I I understand they're pushing this Sheamus Drew McIntyre thing. I get it. Right. Um, former friends. Former friends, all that sort of stuff. Turned Foes. So, I mean, yeah, I mean. Plus, you know, it's Scottish versus Irish. You know, that's a classic, classic historical rivalry in itself. Right, yeah, yeah, so. Uh, Depending on which part of Ireland you're actually from, you know. So, so. I mean, it was a good match all the way around. It was a good way to end the night. I like how he got Seamus with the Claymore at the end of it. And, uh, you know, call it good. Didn't eat a brogue. <laughs> nope. Not this week. All right, man. Are you ready? AEW time. Let's do it. All right. First up, we had WW. Or whoa, 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 bro. Of course, of course. That's okay. Roth threw me off with their notes when they almost had me saying SmackDown. Who's <laughs> joining the SmackDown commentary? No, that was Raw commentary. You morons. All right. Anyways, TNT champion Darby Allen defended his title against the bad boy Joey Janela. I said that right, right? Yes. Janela? Okay. Uh, they did lock up, and with Janela taking uh, the fight directly to Darby Allen, Janela mocked being intimidated by Allen, but Allen transitioned into hammerlocks. Allen was displaying great technical wrestling until Janela hit Darby with a back elbow. Darby answered with a shotgun drop kick, knocking Janela into the middle rope, and Janela planted Darby on the edge with a uh, on the edge of the ring and followed that up with an elbow suicida. Janela maintained control with brutal uppercuts in the ring. Darby would fight back uh, with forearms, but Janela used his size advantage and whipped Darby sternum first into the turnbuckles. Janela applied body scissors on Darby and worked over Darby's shoulder as well. And Darby would fire back with more elbows to Joey's ribs. Uh, Janela came off the top with a double sledge to Darby. Uh, he went back up for a possible elbow drop, but Darby pulled him down, yanking him by the arm. Janela slingshotted uh, Darby's face though, in, and eyes into the ropes. Uh, Darby would use he, another shotgun drop kick to stop Janela's momentum. Darby Allen belt up ahead of steam and jumped through the ropes, flying like a missile at Janela. Darby began working Janela's arm, looking for a Fujiwara armbar. Janela finally grabbed the bottom rope, forcing the ref to break the hold. And then Janela would surprise Darby with a thrust kick. Janela gazed at the belt uh, on the uh, outside for a moment. Darby took advantage of that moment using rapid-fire shots at Joey. Uh, Darby then would use a stunner, but Joey would kick out. Uh, Janela then rocked Darby with a pile driver, but Darby kicked out at the two count. Darby then would use an avalanche code red on Janela, but Janela kicked out, surprising the announcers. Darby went back to the top and finished Janela with a coffin drop, scoring the pin. Koopa. Dude, this match was, was crazy, man. Mm. Flying everywhere, bro. And uh, for Darby Allen to pick up the score on this, uh, 
Good for him, man. Janela took his eye, took his eye, and put it on the prize, but took his eye off the prize, and uh, he paid for it. Yeah. So can't put your eye on the prize and take your eyes off your opponent while you're in the middle of a match. And, and speaking of Darby Allen, mm-hmm. I took a little bit of liberty myself. Your liberty to uh, <laughs> use a little bit of, uh, you know, his. Likeness mm-hmm. for my TikToks. So, Darby on, if you're listening to this, check out crazy underscore legs underscore 21. On TikTok. On TikTok. Because, yes, you inspired him for some cosplay work. Yes. All right. Next up, outside the arena, John Moxley had some words for Kenta. Kenta had been, has been calling me out for months from across an ocean. Walking around with a stupid little briefcase, talking trash, and acting like or looking like a dork. So what happened last week was no surprise to me. Kenta realizes that uh, that time for cheap talk is over. If he wants my IWGP United States Championship belt, he's going to have to get it done in the ring. February 26th, me and Kenta are going to stand eye to eye, and it's going to be a war of attrition until one man stand, can't stand up anymore. On February 26th, I'm going to dump you on your head, but it's not... But that's a sanctioned match. But tonight, sanctioned, not so much. Tonight, it's just for fun. Cooper, some interesting choice Dude, words by Moxley. Is, this is going to get interesting, bro. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's held that title for a while now, so we'll see what happens with it. What? All right, sir. MJF was talking to the inner circle behind closed doors when Sammy pushed open the door. Sammy uh, said he needed a minute with MJF alone. Uh, Guevara told MJF that he's on to MJ, MJF's plans and he knows that MJF is trying to take over the inner circle. MJF countered and said that he believes that Sammy is upset because Sammy secretly wants to be front and center and to take over the inner circle from Jericho. Are you recording me? Asked Sammy. MJF was in fact recording the entire conversation on a smartphone and Sammy noticed it. Sammy hurled the phone at the wall and then knocked the wind out of MGF. And Sammy stormed out. Tensions rising within the inner circle? Yes, sir. Some tensions rising there, bro. And do not count Chris Jericho out. Like, these these young superstars are trying to make their, make their mark uh, by thinking that he's done and done and over with. I would not. I would not put it past him to wrestle for another two or three, or four years. Right. So wouldn't put him past him either. All right. Next up, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, with Arn Anderson in his corner and Lee Johnson, taking on Pretty Peter Avalon and Caesar Bonnie, uh, or Bonani. I have no idea how that's pronounced, bro. Uh, let me see, Caesar Bonani. Bonani. I guess. Uh, All right. Well, anyways. We botched it. Sorry. My bad. Cody stomped a mud hole, taking the boots to Peter early on. Lee tagged in, but was decked from behind by Caesar after being blind tagged. Uh, oh, after a blind tag. Peter tagged back in, but uh, big shoddy Lee blasted Peter with a drop kick. Caesar tagged in, but was served with a jawbreaker from Lee. Cody tagged in and connected with a big cl- uh, clothesline to Caesar. I'm going to keep calling him Caesar. I'm not <laughs> saying his last name. <laughs> Sorry, dude, but I, I'm just going to keep saying your first name. Cody took Caesar off his feet with a fallen clothesline. Uh, Caesar then answered with a pump handle suplex and then stomped Cody's chest. I don't blame him. 
I would too if I could, but you know, that's just me. I've never just kidding. I'm, I appreciate Cody what he's doing for AEW, so I probably would probably be part of the elite if I could do it. <laughs> so I'm like, who am I getting right? Yeah. All right. Anyways, Peter and Caesar took turns working over Cody with Caesar using a reverse body slam on the American Nightmare. Cody landed awkwardly on his shoulder, and then Peter tagged in and jumped off the top rope, but Cody caught him. Cody then had him in a fireman's carry and dropped down hard, uh, the impact hitting its target. In the process, it was evident that Cody's shoulder was noticeably bothering him. Cody would tag out to Lee Johnson and the big shoddy. I don't know why it says shoddy, but okay. It was a fresh man. Knocking Peter right off his feet with an explosive offensive sequence that ended with a neck breaker on Peter. Uh, for good measure, Lee would then nail Caesar with a spectacular corkscrew over the top rope. That's pretty impressive, doing a corkscrew over the top rope. Oh, yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, Lee used then a fisherman's neck breaker on Peter, but Caesar ran in to break up the pin. Cody would then come in and paired up, uh, paired up with Caesar, but the big man chucked Cody out of the ring. That's always fun, watching someone get chucked out of a ring. <laughs> Unless you're the one being chucked. Well, no, that's why I said it's fun when you're watching it. <laughs> All right. I don't specify, specifically said when you're watching someone yeah, get but, chucked But out. if you're the person actually getting chucked, it's like... Well, luckily for me, there's not a whole lot of people that can lift me, nor would I be in the ring if I knew they could. Dude, I totally want to go in the ring and go, hey, somebody lift the big man. Toss him. Do it. Toss him. <laughs> Give me vanilla eyes. Because who can toss him better than him? <laughs> who can toss me better than him? <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I had to do that reference. All right, anyways. Uh, okay, then uh, Caesar lifted up Lee and pancaked him. Caesar pulled out of the ring. Uh, was pulled out of the ring, and he and Cody began slugging away while Peter attempted the martinis. The double knees to the back of the head. Oh, whoa. Double knees to the back of the head. Whew. Well, that's like a backstabber, but worse. Yeah, right? Johnson moved out of the way and rolled up Pretty Peter for the three count. Cooper, your thoughts? Sounds like an interesting match, dude. Uh, unfortunately, I did not really get to watch AEW or SmackDown this week. We were pretty busy with some other things going on, so... Um, well, you're fired. Uh, I'm fired. <laughs> I'm fired this week, man. I... You are fired. But it does seem like it was a good match, and, uh, you know, I'm surprised that uh, AEW didn't start off with this match, considering they always start off with a tag match. There you go. Pretty sure it ends with a tag match, so. <laughs> well, okay, they didn't start with one, so they got to end with one. Yeah, it's only that one time where they didn't start or end with one. We're like, we're like, what is going on here? This is creepy. Don't ever do this again. <laughs> an interview from earlier in the day with the Young Bucks aired where they were asked about being eliminated from the Battle Royale last week. Well, let's just ask these guys, replied Matt. The Good Brothers walked in, walked on. Uh, Carl Anderson bragged about last week's ratings. The Good Brothers did that, he said. Let's address the problem. You guys distracted me and boom, outside, said Nick Jackson, referring to his elimination. Matt said if they won the Battle Royale, they were going to pick the Good Brothers or pick the Good Brothers to face. Carl Anderson said their heat is with Private Party and that they were out there to distract them. Anderson went on to say that the Bucks' real heat is with the Inner Circle because they technically were the ones who eliminated the Bucks. 
Matt Jackson said he didn't want to wait until Revolution to defend the tag titles. How about next week we defend these titles? Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz for these titles, said Matt Jackson. Ratings monster, replied Gallows. Well, you know, two separate promotions, two separate tag team champions, you know, it's like having two, you know, two roosters and one one hen house. It's never going to work, dude. No. Nope. Never going to work. But it makes it entertaining. But it makes for good TV. Absolutely. So, Dasha interviewed Hangman Adam Page. Page said he and Matt Hardy were not a tag team in the making despite their victory last week. Hardy interrupted and said, I get it. You don't want to be in a tag team, but it's undeniable the two of us together were special. At least let me make, uh, let me take you out. Wow. <laughs> and uh, we can celebrate our majestic victory. I rented an entire bar. You can drink all night. The tab's on me. Uh, it's a big money night. Page agreed to meet Hardy out, uh, but first he had to get his phone. Page walked away, and when he turned the corner, the Dark Order uh, were there. It was an awkward situation, and John Silver said, uh, maybe we'll catch you on the flip. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, the Dark Order's still a little upset that uh, Hangman Adam Page wouldn't join him, but, uh, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. If you don't feel like you fit in somewhere... It's, you know, totally your choice not to be there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's doing with Matt Hardy, I mean, Hardy being more of a more of a managerial type person. Which is weird. Um, I think that for him, that's, that's great. Because to have somebody like Matt Hardy manage you mm-hmm. could, could take your career to new heights. Right. You never know. Alright, so this, of course, was followed by the Bastard Pot, accompanied by Ray Phoenix, and the Hollywood hunk, Ray Namath. I hope I said that right. They locked up and Pac uh, kicked Ryan, Ryan to the mat. What? Ryan, you said, you said Ray, it's Ryan Namath. Ryan Namath. I hope I said Namath right. I th- you said, never mind. Fe- Ray Phoenix? Is, Pac was accompanied by Ray Phoenix. Oh, okay. That's where I said Ray. I gotcha. Alright. You good now? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Alright. Alright. So, oh, they locked up and Pac kicked Ryan to the mat. He suplexed Ryan down quickly and followed that up with a running uppercut. Pac took flight off the top rope with a massive drop kick. Ryan tried to fight back, but Pac countered with uh, with vicious kicks. Uh, Ryan Amos surprised Pac, though, with a drop kick and then a powerful DDT. On the outside of the ring, Pac rammed Namath uh, into the steel guardrail. He rolled Namath back into the ring and dished out more kicks. Pac climbed to the top and decimated Namath with the black arrow and then transitioned to the brutalizer submission hold, forcing Namath to immediately tap out. Koopa, your thoughts? What can we say about Pac, dude? He is special. He's a dude, bastard. He's just awesome, dude. Um, I think... WWE screwed, screwed themselves over with this one. Right. Um, of course, at least he's no longer called Neville. Yeah. Long bottom. I, I like how he's the best. Fuck. Well, you really couldn't do that on uh, PG-13 television. Right. Or actually, yeah. More it PG. might as well be PG-13 nowadays with the crap they're doing on it. <laughs> right. My bowl! <laughs> yeah. My bowl! My butthole. Never mind. 
Wow, bro. <laughs> Whoa. Now, I know this is Valentine's Day, but don't go there with it, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> How's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. So, Dasha again with a backstage interview with Chris Jericho. MJF with his tape, uh, tape on his ribs walked over with Santana and Ortiz. Chris, did you not see what happened, man? Sammy Sucker punched me in the ribs for no reason. He's an animal. Look what he did to me, said MJF, whiningly. Where is Sammy now? You know what? We got a match to worry about. We'll deal with this later, man. Give me a little bit of the bubbly, <laughs> replied Jericho. <laughs> a little bit of bubbly was ad-libbed by me, but it's Jericho we expect. So, next up, the Demo God, Chris Jericho and MJF taking on the Acclaim, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. Max Caster attempted to lock up with MJF, but MJF rolled up to the outside complaining about his poor little rib injury. Jericho, Jericho? Wow. Jericho tagged in, but Caster knocked Jericho to his feet. Uh, shouldn't that be off his feet with a shoulder blo- or shoulder tackle? Why would you knock him to his feet? That makes no sense. It went reverse on it, bro. I guess. Anyways, Bowen, Bowens tagged in and met Jericho with a high-rise kick. Bowens then ran into Jericho's boot and uh, Jericho would tag out to MJF. Bowens would plant MJF face-first onto the canvas for a near fall. The Acclaim continued to work over MJF's ribs. MJF finally pushed Caster into the inner circle's corner where they isolated him with double-team maneuvers. This is great teamwork, said Tony Schiavone. Uh, Bowens then tagged in and trucked uh, Jericho with a shoulder tackle and then dropped MJF with right hands. Bowen grabbed MJF in the torture rack and then drove his midsection into the canvas. Jericho was going for the lion salt when Max Caster blasted Jericho in the head with a boom box. That's pretty funny. Considering. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bowens covered Jericho, but the demo god kicked out in the nick of time. The Acclaim were going to attempt their finisher, the Claim to Fame, when Hager knocked Caster off the top rope before Caster would connect, or could connect with Jericho. And when Caster got his legs under him, Jericho walloped him with a Judas Effect back elbow. It was more than enough for Jericho to pin Caster. Yeah, sometimes all it takes is that one little distraction, dude. I mean, it's just, that's the thing about the Inner Circle is they, there's just so many of them, man. It's like, what the freak? Right, well... After this match, Sammy Guevara's music hit and he walked to the ring with a microphone ready to drop a bombshell. Uh-oh. Are we doing a <clears throat> pipe bomb on this? Oh, yes. What's the problem here, man? You come out five minutes late, then I hear you punch Max in the stomach. You smash it in his phone. What's wrong with you, asked Jericho. Chris, I told you, I told you December 9th, 2020, right here on Dynamite. If one more thing happened with MJF, that I was done. And I'm so I'm so I'm out here to tell you I'm done," said Sammy. Uh, "What do you mean you're done?" asked Jericho while MJF smirked in the background. "I mean I'm done. I quit the inner circle," replied Sammy. Alex Marvez caught up with Sammy uh, Guevara outside the arena as Sammy was leaving with his bags. "Why did you leave the inner circle?" asked uh, Marvez. "It doesn't matter. I'm over this. I need time to refocus. I just need time away from this place," said Sammy. Well, I mean. Sammy Guevara is a very freaking talented dude, and to take a back seat and to change up everything we're doing for this one guy, for MJF, mm-hmm. I mean, 
MJF is a good talent, but uh, he's he's a prick. Yeah. No one wants to work with him. Right. <laughs> Do you not see this? Yeah, well, Jericho's a prick, and no one wants to work with him, so. But they're still working with him. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. All right, at the it's bar. It's imploding. All right. At the bar, though, Hardy and Hangman were celebrating their win from last week. Hardy said he wanted to do a shot with Paige and said as a combo, there are magic. Hardy emptied a boot, uh, the booze from his glass to the floor before Paige saw anything. Cheers, said Hardy. I know you don't want to be a tag team guy, but I think I can make you the number one wrestler in the entire pro wrestling industry. I think you could dominate AEW and you could become richer than your wildest dreams, said Hardy. Matt Hardy pulled out a contract for, uh, out of an envelope and placed it in front of Paige. If you would just look at my deal, I can make you millions upon millions for just a small percentage. Only 30% of your earnings. Uh, but when you make that much money, what's the difference, continued Hardy. I think you're right, Matt, said Paige. Hardy turned his back for a moment, and when he did so, Paige discarded the papers and replaced them with his own that he pulled out of his jacket. Paige signed it, and when Hardy turned back around, Paige told Hardy he had to sign it too. You're going to be a billionaire. Enjoy the night. I gotta go, said Hardy. I think I will. Said so replied Page, and then he ordered another drink. Little switcheroo by a Adam switcheroo Page. Switcheroo on it, man. Hey, I don't blame him, dude. Cause uh, Matt Hardy's a little. He, I mean, it would be cool to have him manage him, but I think Matt Hardy's a little shady with this. So I don't know. Well, <laughs> obviously Page thinks he's shady, and Austin pulled a quick one on him. There so. you go. All right. Next up, Tony Schiavone was in the ring to interview Sting. It would begin. Tony to... Shivani. Whatever. It's Tony Shivani. He's going to be Shivano, whether he likes it's it or not. Shivani, and he's been an announcer for WCW and wrestling for a very long time. We need to get this name right. Shivani. Tony. Tony Shivani. Fine, he'll just be Tony. Shivano. Shivani. Shivano. It began to snow in Jacksonville. The street fight has been signed. What is on your mind going up against Team Taz? Asked Tony. Taz, outside the venue, interrupted the interview. Taz was outside with Powerhouse Hobbs. Team Taz, guess what? We are going on a little road trip, and we have a special passenger that you know, and we're going to take him to FTW World, said Taz. Absolute, Ricky Stark said. The machine, Brian Cage were standing outside the vehicle and they were showing off an unconscious Darby Allen who they had placed in a body bag. The body bag was hooked up to the SUV and then dragged him across the parking lot. Sting exited the ring in hot pursuit. Oh boy. Oh dude, that's crazy, man. Yeah, not a good night for Darby Allen after retaining his TNT championship. Alright. Oh, Ended up in a body bag and then dragged across the parking lot. Ugh. No fun. Next up, we have the Women's AEW World Championship, or AEW Women's World Championship, however you want to do. Eliminator Tournament kickoff tonight with legit Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Are you ready? Let's get it on. Let's do it. Layla grappled with Thunder Rosa to the mat, her amateur wrestling background front and center. Thunder Rosa would show off some of her own grappling prowess and then Got uh, then both got to their feet. Then they both got to their feet. Is what that should have said. 
Thunder Rosa employed an offensive onslaught on Layla and then hit a senton for a near fall. After a Frankensteiner from Layla, Thunder Rosa was able to roll to the outside to collect her thoughts. Layla met her out there with a top uh, with a taupe suicida. I forgot to say that right. Back in the ring, Layla Hirsch would transition into an arm arm breaker, cross arm breaker. There we go. Thunder Rosa uh, fought out of it and caught Layla with a neck breaker. Oh, I always love neck breakers. Oh, over the top ropes. My bad. Over the ropes. My bad. I forgot to finish that sentence. <laughs> Thunder Rosa locked Layla, though, with a shotgun drop kick into the turnbuckles. Rocked, not locked. Layla dumped Thunder Rosa onto the back of her head with two German suplexes. Suplexes. What the hell is that saying? Taking my glasses off. Because obviously I can't read. All right. She climbed to uh, she climbed to the top and tried for a moonsault, but Thunder Rosa got up to her knees just in time. Layla wasted no time and hit two bicycle knee strikes to the head of Thunder Rosa. She tried again for the moonsault and again it backfired on her as Thunder Rosa dodged it. Layla grabbed an, ar an arm bar from the ground on Thunder Rosa, but Thunder Rosa picked up her picked her up off the canvas and then slammed her hard back to the mat. Thunder Rosa then spiked Lay uh, Layla with a driver and scored the pin. Koopa, roll thoughts. Yeah, man. It seems like a good match, kind of back and forth. Mm. So, yeah. Yes, sir, man. It was a fun time, fun time. And now, for the main event. Falls count anywhere. No disqualifications. AEW World Champion Kenny Omega with Don Callis and Kenta Versus IWGP US Champion John Moxley and the Murder Hawk Monster Lance Archer, also with Jake the Snake Roberts. Excuse me. This is going to be a long one, ladies and gentlemen. So be prepared. Whew. All right. The bell rang, and Kenta ambushed Moxley with a briefcase shot to the back of the head. Archer would chuck uh, Omega into the corner and start peppering him with hard strikes. Kenta smashed the briefcase, briefcase into the spine of Lance Archer. The murder hawk monster turned around and unfazed, and while Kenta begged him off, it was all distraction for Omega to chop, chop block Archer from behind. Kenny followed up with a uh, Kotaro crusher. Right? Did I say that right? Kotaro? Yes. All right. Moxley turned things around on Kenta with an offense of his own until Omega sucker punched Moxley. Kenta walked over and pushed Omega out of the way as he wanted to get his hands on Moxley. Then Omega pushed Kenta away as he wanted Mox for himself. You gotta love that. <laughs> Poor John. He's just getting beat up by two guys. Kenta and Omega began arguing with one another until Moxley settled the argument with his fists. They don't seem to uh, seem to be on the same page with each other, but maybe they've patched up their differences just now, said Tony of Kenta and Omega. Kenta and Omega uh, took turns charging into Mox in the corner until Archer pounced Omega. It bought Mar uh, Moxley enough time for him to counter Kenta's uh, charge with a lariat. Uh, Archer attempted to powerbomb Omega, but Omega popped, uh, popped the hips and escaped with a hurricanrana, uh, sending Archer to the outside. Omega rammed his knee into Omega's spine. How does he send put it in his own spine? I really need to start proofreading their work a little bit better. So Omega put his knee into somebody's spine, but not himself. Anyways, alone in the ring, Kenta and Mox exchanged forearms 
with one another. I'm guessing he hit Arch, Lance Archer with it. Since Kenta and Mox were left alone in the ring. Anyways. Uh, Kenta tried for the GTS. But Moxley escaped and went for the para- paradigm shift. Before Moxley could hit it. Uh, Omega cracked Moxley with a garbage can. Omega connected with a moonsault while holding the trash uh, can onto Mox- Moxley's midsection. Omega held the trash can in front of Moxley's face, teeing up Kenta, who ran in with a flying dropkick. Archer ran over Omega and Kenta with a ladder. Uh, Moxley knocked Kenta to the floor with an elbow suicida. Then Archer belly-to-belly uh, belly suplexed Omega into the ladder, which would, had been propped up in the corner. Kenta wiped out Moxley with a running knee strike. On the outside, Omega uh, strangled Archer with a transmission cable. That's always fun. I need one of those. On the outside of the ring, Peter uh, Avalon got in the way, so Kenta knocked him out with a GTS. Archer caught Kenny Omega and chokeslammed him outside on the floor. Uh, Kenny, uh, Kenta made the save for Omega before ref Paul Turner counted to three. Moxley kicked Kenta right in the jawline. Uh, Moxley and Kenta fought into the kitchen. Moxley sent uh, Kenta up, the, up to a stainless steel table. Did I say that right? Set. Yeah. Up, okay, onto the steel set. But Kenta uh, reversed it and bounced Moxley's head off of it with a DDT. Ouch! <laughs> Archer came into the rescue with a sack of potatoes. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> I can't say what I want to say. Moxley grabbed a potato and potatoed Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to say it, man! They're making it really hard. <laughs> okay, where am I? Okay. They made their way back to the ring and Moxley pulled out a kendo stick from beneath the ring. He whacked Omega in the midsection with it. Moxley jumped uh, from the turnbuckles with the kendo uh, stick, but Omega countered with a V-trigger. Archer and Kenta brawled on the ramp, getting closer and closer to the broadcast booth. Kenta fought out with a powerbomb and then sprinted off stage and landed a double foot stomp onto Moxley, who was on the table below. Archer met Omega in the ring and Archer dared Kenny to use the kendo stick on him. Uh, Omega swung it and Archer caught it. Archer grabbed it away from Kenny and broke it across his knee. Archer chokeslammed Omega in the center of the ring. Archer then grabbed Omega's arm, walked to the top rope, and then used a moonsault press for a near fall on Omega. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty cool to watch him do that. I mean, it's, it's nuts. All right. Archer then would lift Kenny Omega uh, up for a blackout, but the Good Brothers ran out, causing Archer to drop Omega. Archer knocked down the Good Brothers, but Kenta ran in the ring and served up a, uh, served up spinning back fist to Archer. Kenta was knocked silly with a big boot by Archer. Carl uh, Anderson ran into the ring, and Archer tried to choke slam him, but Carl countered with a gun stun. Oh, all right. Jake Roberts entered the ring and dropped Anderson with his legendary short arm clothesline. Gallus came in and hit Jake with a thrust chop to the throat. Uh, Omega was setting up for a V-trigger on Jake Roberts, but Moxley ran in and bar- with a barbed wire bat, swinging it at Omega. I always loved the barbed wire bat. Oh, yes. I'll <laughs> unforget. He was swinging at Gallows and Anderson as well. <laughs> Kenta jumped in and drilled Moxley with a GTS. Archer got to his feet, charging Kenta and wiping him out. Archer attempted a double choke slam on Omega and Kenta, but they hit him in stereo low blows. Uh, the good brother silenced Archer with the magic killer. Omega followed up uh, by cracking Archer with a V-trigger. And then with the assistance of the good brothers, Omega lifted up Archer and planted him with a one-wing angel. Omega pinning Archer for the victory. Oh, 
That was a long one. I call BS on that. Well, it was a no disqualification call, yeah, call, false count no anywhere match. Disqualification, false count anywhere. But still, the Good Brothers should not be allowed to be in AEW. Neither should Kenta, but here we are. Yeah, no, I don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but I, I don't like it. You don't like cross promotions. I get it. But, well, man, that must have been a hell of a freaking thing. And I really, really had a hard time not calling out Tater Nuts. <laughs> well, you just did. Well, I waited till the end, at least, of the match. Yeah. <laughs> a wise man once said, to own, to hind self be true. And that man, Tater Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine getting, being low blood, though, by Taters? That would be crazy. I would have I said it if he would have said he hit him in the with a low blow with the taters. Tater nuts! Yeah. Oh, man. I need to be in a wrestling match that involves potatoes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would low blow the crap out of somebody with potatoes. Look! <laughs> Just so we can call Tater nuts! We call them tater nuts. <laughs> That's right. Are you ready for SmackDown? Let's do this, brother. All right. Roman Reigns to face the winner of SmackDown's Elimination Chamber match on the same night. After Edge humiliated the Universal Champion Roman Reigns last Friday by not declaring him for the main event at WrestleMania, the Rated R Superstar traveled to Raw and explained that he will wait until the Elimination Chamber match or WWE Elimination Chamber match to end to pick the world champion he will challenge at WrestleMania. Although WWE official Adam Pearce initially planned for the head of the table to defend the Universal title inside the Elimination Chamber the same way Drew McIntyre would, special counsel Paul Heyman used a technicality to explain that Reigns would not compete in the Chamber. Instead, Reigns would face the winner of the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match on the spot at February 21st pay-per-view, which is bullcrap. In response, Pearce announced that they would have superstars qualify for the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match. Well, the exception to that, though, would be a superstar that had been that had taken the big dog to the limit. Uh, Ray's cousin, Jay Uso, once out of the ring, Pierce also revealed that Kevin Owens would automatically make the cut, a decision that infuriated the title holder. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I do think this is crap, though. Mm-hmm. I really don't like it. I think that he should be held to every standard that the WWE champion is held to. I mean, look what Drew McIntyre has to go through. Five, Five former champions. Former champions. And, and Roman Reigns gets to wait till the Elimination Chamber is done and then face the guy in the same night. Right. Oh, crap. My hope is, is that... They'll do the SmackDown Elimination Chamber first and then wait for that to be the main event. Yes. That way the guy can have a fucking chance. Right. My luck, though, they're going to have it first and then Roman Reigns is going to come out and demand his title match right then and there. Probably because he's a a jerk. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah, definitely. We got a week. (laughs) All right, next up Sami Zayn and King Corbin taking on Ray and Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. In the wake of Roman Reigns' announcement that he will defend the Universal Championship against the winner of the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match the very same night, King Corbin and Sami Zayn join forces to take on Ray and Dominic Mysterio for an opportunity to qualify for the Chamber. Excuse me. Prior to the contest, Zayn once again emerged to screen injustice alongside his 
documentary crew. Uh, in response, Dominic and Ray knocked the Master Strategist off the apron and lit the fused pre-match chaos. In the final moments of the subsequent octane high-octane matchup, though, Sane got uh, a bit of a payback when he caught Dominic with an exploder suplex into the turnbuckle to set up the Huluva kick for the qualifying victory. <sighs> See? To go in there and kick ass and your conspiracy theories will go away. I'm just, I don't want to see Sami Zayn in it. Neither do I, but you know what's going to be nice? You know what's going to be nice? He gets his butt kicked? Exactly. And, and hopefully Corbin does too, because I'm sick and tired of him. Yeah. Mid-card champion thinks he's better than he is. Definitely, man. Speaking of mid-card champions, that Chris believes that he will only be a mid-card champion. Big E taking on Shinsuke Nakamura in an Intercontinental title open challenge match. Ooh. <laughs> Interesting. So, after defeating Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn in a triple threat match to retain his Intercontinental Championship last week, Big E reflected on the win. Because he wanted to be a fighting champion, he then began to issue an open challenge to find his next challenger. Cruz interrupted before he could, however, and tried to get another title opportunity, or another opportunity at Big E's title, for himself. In response, the power of positivity told Cruz to go back to the catering because they were done. <laughs> Requesting that his next challenger come to the ring, Shinsuke Nakamura answered the call and left Cruz fuming at ringside. The King of Strong Style went on to give a tremendous challenge to Big E. Nonetheless, the power of positivity grabbed the upper hand. And prepared to hit the big ending. Before he could, however, Cruz climbed into the ring and hit the title holder with an explosive dropkick to bring an end to the match by disqualification. Oh, come on, man. I hate it when matches in like this, especially when it was a good match. Right. Um, you know. I kind of get this frustration, You think though. they're setting this up to be a triple threat? Could be, man. I mean, not... At the Chamber, we're already seeing the United States as a triple threat. Why not set up the, unit, the Intercontinental as a triple threat? I mean, man, for me, the more the merrier you can throw on a card if you have to have more people in a single match to get it done. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly, man. It's cool. Yeah, because it's hard to get everybody on there. But we got good news for you, bro. Is it good news? Oh, yes. Are it's you? the return of the Messiah. Oh. Ha! <laughs> Yeah, that's not good news for me, baby. <laughs> Seth Rollins has returned to SmackDown. I'm going to get my axe and go after him. <laughs> Ooh. Returning to SmackDown for the first time since Survivor Series, Seth Rollins claimed that having a baby has changed him. Before long, he has once again declared himself the leader of the locker room in true SmackDown Savior fashion. <laughs> He's the SmackDown Savior now. Guess i got to stop calling him the Messiah. Uh, <laughs> causing the gathered superstars to take their leave. Cesaro stuck around longer than most and made Rollins believe that he has heard his message. But when the Swiss Superman turned his back on him as well, Rollins snapped and unleashed an unhinged beatdown on the departing competitor. That's going to uh, be yeah, weird. Doesn't, doesn't look like somebody's changed much, dude. Uh, right. Look like he's still the same old Seth Rollins. Right. Never, never count a, a, a bad guy out. Well, I guess technically he's changed since now he's the SmackDown Savior instead of the Raw Messiah. <laughs> so there's that change. Well, I guess it's a little bit of a change, but it's still stupid. Yeah. All right, next up we had Bailey taking on Liv Morgan. 
After Billy Kay's well-meaning interference cost Ruby Riot her match against Bailey, the role model went one-on-one -on -one with Liv Morgan. At a key moment in the match, Kay emerged with a ton of resumes to try and apologize to Ruby. Eventually, Riot was so frustrated that she sent the resumes flying. Unfortunately, this grabbed the attention of the referee and allowed Bailey to rake Morgan's eyes while his back was turned and finish her opponent with the rose plant. Cooper, your thoughts? Heck yeah, man. That's crazy, dude. Billy Kay's just <laughs> really got to just leave people alone. Uh, I just... Uh, I wish she would, dude. She, she just... I don't know what they're doing with her. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. Getting quite annoying. Definitely. Next up, we had the Street Profits returning and taking on Otis and Chad Gable. The Street Profits' journey back to the top of the SmackDown Tag Team Division began with an Otis-sized roadblock. <laughs> That's funny. As Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins took on Chad Gable and Otis. In the final moments, Gable asked Otis to tag him in so that they could work on a move they had been practicing. When Otis bounced off the ropes, Ford pulled him down and sent the big man crashing to the ringside floor. Moments later, Gable didn't see his opponent's tag. As a result, it su and he suffered for it with Ford's earth-shattering splash off the top rope for the three count. Cooper. Yeah. Ford's always got that splash, dude. He, he can get hops on that thing. Ford dude. is unbelievably athletic and high fly. That dude is nuts, right? So him and Naomi's are good together because they are both high flyers. Yes. And very athletic and talented. So that's just that was just a perfect match for those two. Are you ready? I'm sorry, that's not Naomi. Are you ready? Naomi's married to Jimmy. Wow. Yeah. Bianca yeah. Belair. Yeah. You should have caught me on that first. I didn't catch on that. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> slow myself tonight, brother. Wow. We're almost done, we promise, people. <laughs> Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, speaking of, humiliated Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. After admitting she had an eye on 2021 Royal Rumble winner Bianca Belair last week, Sasha Banks insisted the only choice for the EST of WWE is to challenge for the SmackDown Women's Champion at WrestleMania. In response, Belair emerged to inform Banks that even though she had respect for the title holder, she was not the boss of her. Feeling left out of the spotlight, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, uh, next obviously no longer butthurt, emerged to say people should be talking about them rather than Bianca's WrestleMania choice. Because they were on a roll. I'm sorry, did either of you win Women's Royal Rumble? No? Then shut yeah, up. Exactly. What kind of role were they on? Uh, right? A Kaiser roll? A, ah! a butthurt roll? Right? <laughs> Need a toilet paper roll? Anyway, anticipating their appearance on SmackDown, the boss showed clips of Shayna and Nia coming up short against Naomi and Lana, respectively on Raw. The humiliated tag team title holders charged Banks and Belair and ended up outmatched physically. In a war of the words, Cooper, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, this was just dumb. Right? Um, no reason for Shannon and Nia to even butt in on any of this. This had nothing to do with them, so I think they got what they deserve. Right? Are you ready for what's next? Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Daniel Bryan and Cesaro taking on Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode for a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. Of course, as we already know, Roman Reigns announced that he will defend the Universal Championship against the winner of the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match that same night. 
Two more tag team, two more teams engaged in tag team battle for the final spots to join Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and King Corbin inside the dreaded structure for an opportunity to take the first step toward the Universal Championship. Despite being attacked earlier by Seth Rollins, Cesaro made the show off tap out to the sharpshooter after Brian locked Rude with the running knee. Moments after the bell, all hell broke loose when a chair wielding Jey Uso, King Corbin, and Sami Zayn all entered the fray. All five began to check each other in an all-out brawl. That all came to a halt real fast, even uh, though when Owens hit the ring and unleashed a series of centers to any Elimination Chamber opponent he could find, sending a definitive message to the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. So Koopa. what we're saying is this match didn't really take place. It did. It was quick. It was quick? Yes. Oh, so Brian and, and Cesaro made Cesaro one. Made, Cesaro made uh, Dolph Ziggler tap out to the sharpshooter after uh, Daniel Bryan had clocked Rude with a running knee. I got you. So it was a quick one. Yeah, it was basically a quick one. Because they they wanted to have the all out wanted, brawl between all the yeah. elimination guys, and then Owens would come down and stunner everybody. And stunner everybody because he's the new Stone Cold Steve Austin. Lamo. <laughs> he wishes he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I wish I was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'd have a pretty cool life if I was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, you'd have your own show too. I know. I'd actually have a few shows. <laughs> okay. I'd, have, I'd have actual regular cable, cable television shows, and, and also and our podcast would be <laughs> the Broken Skull Podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh wait, that's wrong. Wrong WWE wrong guy. Podcast. Wrong WWE guy. <laughs> oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah, you don't want his podcast. You don't have one. He's kind of uh... dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Rest in peace, Randy Macho Man Savage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, brother. Kind of make me want a Slim Jim. <sighs> Snap into a Slim Jim. Eat me. Little <laughs> bite of the James. <laughs> Care for the bite of the James? <laughs> huh? No. Alright, brother. I think that does it for us tonight. Definitely, bro. Uh, that was we'll a long be, uh, one. We'll be previewing the That's right. Elimination Chamber on next week's podcast. That's right. So we'll give you the preview. Then the following, we'll give you the recap. Oh, yeah. I love it when we do these previews and recaps. Makes my job a little bit easier. Sorry to say, I know it sounds a little mean, guys, but it does make it a little bit easier. You're just talking about a pay-per-view, giving predictions, and then seeing if you're right. We're mostly wrong, but hey, it is what it is. Well, we were right that Edge was coming back. I didn't think he'd win the whole thing. True. And I got Kane right. I'm like, Kane's going to be there, right? I mean, he just has to. It's Kane and Royal Rumble. It's like, hello. I think the one big surprise that we all got was Christian. Carlito was a surprise. Yeah, but not as much as Christian. True, because he had been saying even despite the return of Edge and Daniel Bryan, he was probably not ever going to wrestle again, and then boom, there he was. Never say never in wrestling, that's for sure. True. That's why I don't think for sure that The Undertaker is completely done. Because once the pandemic is over, I think he will have one more... WrestleMania moment? Yep. In front of fans, where he belongs. Yep. Exactly. That's what I agree to as well. So, be sure, of course, to tune in tomorrow night as we 
talk some basketball. We got a little bit of baseball news too. Are the Red Sox rebuilding? Yeah. Are the Dodgers finally setting up the final pieces to the roster to return as champions? Yes, baby. And of course, those surging Jazz, winners of seven straight. Right on their heels, the Lakers, also winners of seven straight. This is getting to be an interesting... Interesting, interesting. And as science is always proving to us, the heat will rise and they are on the rise. Ooh, baby. So, as always, keep, keep on. on. The, you were not ready at I all. wasn't ready that time either, right? Yes, so, as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports. At least you didn't leave me hanging this time. <laughs> Good night and happy Valentine's Day. <laughs>